0: Caitlin uh, I just want to say thank you to all the moms and the grandmas I know I was a very difficult child to raise and you guys do not get thanked enough so thank you let's give moms one more clap Willie Go moms we thank you for your patience your kindness your love and all that you do for us and your children. This morning we have an amazing service for you. First service went phenomenal, I can't believe, and can't wait to see what happens during second service. We have three anointed women that will come up and give testimonies. They're giving testimonies of the number one thing God taught them while raising their kids. So we have uh, Ms. Linda Arkan, we have Ms. Patty, and we have Ms. Reverend Dr. Kristen Hodge. And they will all be speaking today and sharing, I'm going to say it again, the number one thing God taught them while raising their kids I encourage you to open up your hearts this morning. I believe God wants to really encourage us and inspire us through their testimonies.
1: Good morning, morning, everyone. I'm here today to speak. Uh, My name is Linda Arkand, for those of you who don't know me. Um, But today, I'm here to speak um, about what God did in my life and the life of one of my children. Um, Many years ago, um, my daughter uh, suffered from an eating disorder. And it started when she was about 19 years old. And it took four years her to be healed. But I want to tell you what happened during those four years. She was at college in Idaho. She came home and we started four years of hospitalizations, therapy, and a lot of praying. I want to read a scripture to you today that God gave me and that I clung to during those four years. It's two, it's two Corinthians. 1, verses 10. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. When I brought this issue before uh, everyone in church, I knew I was going to have a lot of prayer partners. I knew that there would be a lot of people who would stand by me, and there were. And I have to tell you, that gave me such incredible hope. God, in my darkest hour, when she was in the ICU and near death, I clung to this scripture because God, in his infinite mercy and love, has given us the tools that we need to continue on a journey when i was I, I, this happened when i was probably saved a couple of years and so for those couple of years i was on the mountaintop everything was wonderful i was just so in love with god and then i this happened and i went into a valley and i it didn't matter i prayed I counted on God. I went to him. There was a woman that used to come to this church. She's in heaven now. And even after um, my daughter was healthy again and uh, married and had children of her own, um, this woman would come to me and say, you know, I still pray for your little girl. I can't tell you how much that meant to me. We think our prayers sometimes, nobody knows that we pray. We pray in, we hear that someone has a need and we pray for them. We might not even know that person. They might not even know that we're praying for them, but God knows. I just want to let you know, my daughter today is 41 years old. She's married, has two children, and lives a very productive life. And I can't tell you uh, that that... I can tell you that that was God. Every single uh, point of healing for her, physically, emotionally, mentally, God was walking in front of her, beside her, and he did the same for me too. In times when you're so discouraged, when you think that nothing is going to change, that your life is uh, you know, in a, in a whirlwind, s- just stop. Stop and think about this man, this God that we love, that tells us he loves us, that has been with us, that never leaves us or forsakes us, that gives us every tool we need to go through this life. I have to tell you, if I did not have hope, I probably would have given up. And I really believe that his strength, his strength helped me so that I could help her. And I have to tell you today, I believe that motherhood is a blessing. It's a privilege that God gives us, and I never take it for granted. But I want you to hear me today. I want you to hear that in God, we have all the hope we need. We are a people who depend on him. We go through our lives. We have our families, our children, we work but the one thing we can always be sure of: we might lose a job, we, you know, uh, might our car might break down, we might have financial problems, but our hope is in God. We have this incredible Savior, who is with us every minute of the day. He never leaves us. He is He is who we carry with us every minute that we're breathing. And I just want to thank you today for listening to my testimony for letting me share this i don't speak of it very often but i want god to have the glory i want you all to know that this was such a trial in my life and that he brought me through even stronger even more faithful even more hopeful he is a god who loves you and he is a god who's waiting to minister to you and to meet your needs so thank you very much for allowing me to speak today
2: Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. <coughs> my name is Patty Grant and um, I have been coming to the church now for about a year and a half. Before that, uh, my husband and I pastored, uh, were in ministry and married for 64 years. And, uh, <laughs> and I just want to tell you that the Lord is faithful. He is the most wonderful, loving, comforting. He knows how to comfort you. He knows how, your problems. He knows what you're going through, and he loves you, and he wants to meet your every need. He, uh, my husband, uh, a year and a half ago, the Lord took him to heaven. It was a terrible shock for me, but the Lord was my husband. In Isaiah 54, it says that your maker shall be your husband to the widow, he says that. And I wanna tell you he was. He sent people to help me with chores and things that I could not do, uh, that needed doing around the house, carpentry work and things that my husband always took care of. He did everything, fix it yourself. And uh, the Lord is so faithful and He will be so faithful to you, as well. Um, I want to say that serving the Lord is an adventure. We had an adventure. Uh, we were in Australia 30 years, and um, the Lord met our every need. And you, you can. I want to say to the young people that when you serve the Lord and you follow His path, it will always turn out right. You don't need to worry about disaster at the end because his plan turns out right. And so you learn to follow his voice and do what he says, and you will have success. Praise God. I wanted to talk about the word legacy a little bit. Proverbs 13, says, a wise man leaves an inheritance. And that doesn't necessarily mean money. But in this scripture, it was talking about money. But the legacy that you leave is is the life you lead. Now, it's the legacy that you inherit shapes your view of life, the way your mind processes everything, the way you understand things. That is what you receive from your predecessor. But the legacy that you leave can be totally different if it wasn't a good one that you inherited, you can leave a good legacy. And that's the life you lead and what you provide for those who follow after. And it can have a ripple effect on the next generations. Your life is measured by value and purpose other than wealth, power, acclaim, or position. Your love for Jesus and be brought, you cannot, God has no grandchildren, so your children have got to accept the Lord for themselves. And so that that goes without saying. But they watch your life, and you remember, you know, that you're always someone is watching you, so you want to be an example. Proverbs uh, 22, 6 says, Train a child in the way they should go, and when they're old they won't depart from it. And that one translation of that is to touch the palate, and a mother with a new baby back in those days would take food and on her fi- on her finger and touch the palate of the baby to develop a taste for that food, and so they would get used to the taste of that food and that they would like it, and uh, this is a spiritual. Uh, meaning to me that we can touch the palate of those that we are around, it w- and our children, mothers, you can touch their spiritual palate by giving them things that will make them want. You know, I used to back in the day that they had cassette tapes, <laughs> <clears throat> I had this this overwhelming desire for both my children, my girls, uh, but. Um, for Carrie, um, I would find cassette tapes that had stories about missionaries and stories of bravery and stories of people that had miracles done in their life. And I wanted to give her an appetite and see Christians as heroes. I wanted her to have Christian heroes to look up to. to That would be her goal. And um, she loves the Lord today. (laughs) And that's not, it's because of Jesus, and it's because that I'm thankful that both my girls uh, never went out in the world. They just always wanted to serve Jesus. They weren't always totally obedient. I remember one time when (laughs) Carrie was about six, four or five years old, I guess she was, and she had acted up in church a bit. And so she was, her daddy was taking her down the hall to the bedroom, And she says, Daddy, can't we just pray about this? (laughs) He says, Honey, there's some things you don't need to pray about. The Lord's already told me. (laughs) So she didn't escape that one. But anyway, you can touch the palate of your children and give them, build their spiritual immunity. We need to build a spiritual immunity in our children. Give them a hunger for the word of God, hunger for the things of God, for the people of God, faithful in church, in community that is going to surround them and help them spiritually, so that when they come against the things in the world, the kids in high school, all the junk, the culture that's out there, and I hear about Massachusetts being one of the worst states, that was something, uh, because I was raised in the Bible Belt, and it was it is really hard up here, but you can uh, impart this, and this spiritual immunity, so when all the junk, like the transgender, all the atheistic evolution, and all the junk that's out there, it comes against them, but there's something inside of their heart that says no you know you when you have a natural immunity to things it's you have something built in your system so that when the disease comes you can fight it well that's the, our spiritual immunity that we need to give to the children so that they have that inside of them that the holy spirit says wait that's not right I know God created the heavens and the earth I know from God's word, and I know that's true. I'm not going to do that because I know there's something inside of me that says that's not right, and that's what our desire should be is that we want to do that. I just encourage you to uh, be the best mother that you can, and I just pray for each one of you today, and I believe God because he's with you. He loves you. And it, he's wanting to help you. He loves your children more than you love them, even. that's You say that's not possible. But the love of God goes beyond anything we can imagine. So I just pray that you be blessed today.
3: Good morning everyone, good stuff this morning, aren't you glad you came to church, aren't you glad you came to church, yes, yes. amen, well my name is Kristen Hodge, I am not a doctor but I like the compliment, that was nice, um, and um, I have uh, three children, um, Hope is ten, Luke is eight, and Grace is six, uh, they keep me very busy. Um, I want to thank uh, Pastor Paul and Pastor Caitlin for this opportunity to speak with you guys. I've been blessed to be coming here for about three years now. So um, would you just join me uh, in a word of prayer for a moment here? Lord Jesus, we just thank you for all that we've heard and, and learned so far, God. Just ask, God, that you would just continue to minister to us, God. And Lord, I just ask that, um, that you would just um, please speak through me, and it would be your words, Lord, and not mine, God. Just have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So the title of uh, my message for you guys today um, is Two Lessons That God Is Teaching Me As a Mom, Prayer and Vigilance, Prayer and Vigilance. So um, the title, okay, I just want to draw attention to it for, uh, for a moment. Notice that I said two lessons that God is teaching me. So I don't claim to have mastered these virtues or um, achieved any bragging rights in these categories. Just like you, I am being taught, tried, and tested in the areas of prayer and vigilance. For what is the Christian life truly all about? It's about surrendering yourself to God as, as clay, as clay to the potter, and allowing him to do whatever he wants to do with us. And in that process, he molds us and he shapes us and transforms us into something beautiful and useful for his kingdom. And as that process unfolds, he is continually teaching us. And sometimes we cooperate with the potter's hand, but at other times we slide off the wheel and turn back into a homely useless clump. Have you ever seen pottery that has fallen off the wheel or and it's just kind of gone into something um, not not too pretty? But if we're wise, in the words of uh, Toby Mac's song, when we lose our way, we get back up again. It's never too late to get back up again. Do any of our t- teenagers know that song? Okay, or some of us older people who actually, you know, still like Toby Mac. Okay, we might know that song. Okay, we get back up and we hop back up up on the potter's wheel as the father just says, okay, we're gonna reshape, remake you all over again. He remakes us. This describes the life of the Christian, but also even more specifically the life of the mom. Some days are great. We say the right things to our kids. We're, we're there for them when they need us. And we're patient when they track in dirt all over our clean floor without noticing once again. Then there are days that you hope that your kids won't write a book about you when you get older. <laughs> there are the days when you turn into the momster. And the momster is the woman that has counted to three, and nothing has changed. So she's turned into the momster, okay? And, you know, it's just the the day when, you know, your hair looks bad, your house looks bad, your kids are bad, the weather is bad, your husband is bad. Everything is just bad, okay? Or so it seems. But in reality, your heavenly Father is watching over your every step And he is working out his strategy in all of this. He's got a plan. His goal is to get you, moms, and me to know him in a deeper and more powerful way. He's trying to get us to cry out to him and to depend upon him. And that brings me to my first lesson that God is, is teaching me, is prayer. Undoubtedly, that's one of the most important lessons, okay, is it's for me to make everything that concerns me a matter of prayer. Once again, I'm, I'm not claiming that I've been perfected in this area, but as I journey through life, I am constantly being presented with the choice of how I'm going to deal with difficult situations. Anybody know what I'm talking about out there? Jesus never said that your life would be easy, even with him in it. Quite the contrary. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation or trouble, right? But he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? He's overcome. And because he has overcome the world, we overcome the world. You get hit with the harsh reality of life in that verse, right? But it doesn't end in despair. Jesus promises to make us victorious through it all. So how should we deal with the stresses of motherhood as they inevitably come our way? If we are wise, we will choose to bow our hearts in humble yet earnest prayer to our Abba Father. And did you know, just a little side note here, did you know that the benefits of prayer are not one of the Christian's best-kept secrets? they're well known to the world. So just a little bit of information that I found out about benefits of prayer, okay, just in general. One one doctor stated that even though toxic thought can cause brain damage, which that I didn't know, that your toxic thoughts can cause brain damage, prayer can actually reverse that damage and cause the brain and body to thrive. And also. Uh, someone has said, regular prayer and meditation has been shown in numerous scientific studies to be an important factor in living longer and staying healthy. And one university study said that prayer is the most widespread alternative therapy in America today. Over 85% of people confronting a major illness pray. And increasingly, the evidence is that prayer works. The studies have stated that heart rate's slow when people pray, it lowers blood pressure, and your breath becomes calmer. So even the world knows that it's good to pray, okay? Not everybody's praying to Jesus, (laughs) unfortunately, but it's it's a good remedy, okay? It's the top thing to do. But what does the Bible say about prayer, most importantly? Okay, Philippians 4.6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication or petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In the context of this letter, both the author, Paul, and the recipients, the the church at Philippi, had much to be anxious about. Paul was in prison and the recipients were facing the threat of persecution, so they had a lot to be nervous and anxious about. But God doesn't minimize the the struggles and the difficulties that we go through. He doesn't minimize the pain and the difficulty of the situations that we have with our children, but He still wants us to turn upward. He wants us to bring those anxieties and those struggles to Him. And and when we read this passage, and when we and we and we look at this and we meditate upon it, we're not making light of clinical anxiety that some of us may struggle with. Okay, I am I for one am. Do, do struggle with clinical anxiety, it's not the type of verse that you want to throw at people who struggle with depression and things like that and just say, oh, you know, God says don't, don't, don't be anxious, don't, you know, uh, don't be anxious about anything and everything is going to be okay. Sometimes people have to go through treatment for anxiety and things like that. So it's not, not to make light of that issue. But we can have a choice when we are faced with a worry. When it, when, it is, when it is not that clinical issue going on, we have a choice w- whether we're going to either worry or be frustrated or be, or be um, upset about a situation or are we going to bring the, the situation to prayer. We have a choice to make in our lives. And on a daily basis, we're, we're faced with these choices. What are we going to do? God isn't going to force us to come to prayer, but he's asking us to come to prayer. That's a choice that each and every one of us is given and has to make. So God is very sympathetic to our pain. And he has given us a way to cope with the difficult situations in our lives. And he promises to hear our prayers and answer our prayers and to bear our burdens. As it states in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is a really great verse to memorize too. This was one that I memorized when I was a young, young Christian and it really encouraged my faith. It's, and this is the confidence that we have toward him. Again, this is, I'm sorry, this isn't up on the PowerPoint, but it's First John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we've asked of him. So you can have confidence that your prayers are not just bouncing off the walls that they are being heard, and if they are being asked according to God's will, he is going to grant you those requests that you've asked of him. So whatever your, your requests are for your kids or just in general, bring them to God. He cares, and he will answer. It's, good, it's important to know that there is a difference between panic prayers and prayers of faith. Have you ever prayed a panic prayer? Panic prayers are like you're crossing a bridge, and you're just kind of praying. Some people, you know, you're crossing a bridge and you're just praying that it won't collapse underneath you. And you, you know, as you're as you're crossing it, there was this there was this bridge in Haverhill. Um, before they they got rid of it, they redid it. That um, it was the one going into Groveland from Haverhill, and it was this old, rickety, rusty bridge. And when my kids were little, I would be going over it, and I'm telling you, I would be praying as I was going over it because. Like I said, they redid it because I, I think it was really, it was definitely on its way out. And I would be praying as I was going over that it wouldn't collapse underneath me. But I think God is really looking more for prayers of faith than panic prayers, okay? Panic prayers are just going up and you're just kind of hoping that maybe God will hear and answer. But the prayers of faith are the ones that we are really believing that God is going to answer them, okay? What does James chapter 1 Verses 5 through 8 say, It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. People, we have to have faith. And and you know what? Jesus said you can have faith as a mustard seed and you can move a mountain. And if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's really really tiny. Okay? Some of us, you know, we, we might feel like we don't have a lot of faith, but it's okay. What God can grow your faith. He can make it, he can make it grow from a mustard seed size. And you know what? That's just what he's looking for. He's looking for us to have faith, to believe that what we're asking for, it will come to pass, okay? Then what will happen? When we pray prayers of faith, and when we truly have released our burdens to the Lord, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever really experienced that release that comes when you've truly prayed about something, when you've truly handed it over to the Lord, not just kind of done this with it? with him, give it, give it, take it back, give it, take it back. When you've really given it to the Lord, that's when true peace really does come. And this, and the peace of God, that phrase, this is the only place where you'll find that in the New Testament. It's really talking about that peace. It's, par, it's talking about the actual nature of God there, his, the, the, his peace that he has. We get to partake of that. We get to become one with that as Christians. The peace of God comes and, and becomes one with us. Isn't that awesome? And we begin to partake of that, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You know what that means, right? It goes beyond human reason. You can't figure it out, and you can't explain it. Everything is going wrong in your life with your children. Your child is going this way and that way. Whatever they're doing, whatever they're doing, it could be drugs. It could be just they're they're so engrossed in education. They're too smart for their own good. Okay? And, and, and it, you can't see any way out of the situation. It's the peace that passes all human logic. You can't explain it, but you have that peace because God gave it to you. It's the peace of God. He will give you that supernatural peace. Second lesson is the lesson of vigilance. Vigilance. Although I, I must admit I love Louis Armstrong's um, famous ballad, What a Wonderful World. Can anybody do a good impersonation? I'm just curious. Okay, now nobody can, all right. Sometimes this one that pops up that can do a really nice Louis Armstrong impersonation. But anyway, I, I, I really can't say that I agree with, with all of its lyrics, okay? It's a beautiful song, but while it's true that what God created, the land, the earth, the animals, people, it's all very, very good, the spiritual kingdom in power in our world today is diabolical. From a biblical perspective, we live in a very wicked world and society. And probably some of you younger moms have been told by, by some of your elders, boy, I really would not want to raise kids in today's society. Anybody been told that? I fe- I, or I feel bad for you moms who have young kids nowadays. And it's not that there is anything new under the sun. There's not no new sins out there or anything different. It's always been in operation since the fall. But at least in America, in American society, in the past 50 years, we have seen a big shift in what um, American society considers ex- acceptable. There's been like a, a, a big acceleration um, actually going down, <laughs> not going up, going down. We live in a society where good is called evil and evil is called good. And if you just turn on your TV uh, and you look at a commercial, you'll, you'll see it'll stare you right in the face. Therefore, the Lord has challenged me to be vigilant and raising my children. To really be alert, to be on the ball, to be paying attention. No, no spiritual napping or slumbering because the devil knows that his time is short. He knows his time is short and he wants to drag down as many as he can with him. Isn't that what the scripture says? He knows his time is short. First Peter 5.8 reads, and that, that, that will be up there, Be sober-minded be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That's what he does, seeking someone to devour. He's doing the same thing in New Testament times that he was doing in Old Testament times. You remember Job? God asked Satan, where do you come from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. That's what he does. It's like Satan is like a pacing line going back and forth. That's what he's doing. And he's looking for someone to devour. He's looking to devour your children. And he's got a plan for it. And he's got his own tactics. So we have to be very alert and sober minded and be watchful for our children. We must keep a close watch over our kids' souls. And I wanna bring up a very important issue that I believe concerning this, and that's pornography. Um, when I was researching this, um, one source said that the average age of, uh, of a child when they first see porn on the internet is age 11. I think it's actually a little bit younger, but, um, and, the, and the fact is, is that they don't have to go looking for it. It is programmed to go and find them. Okay, age 11 today's porn content is drastically more graphic violent deviant and destructive than anything that they've ever seen before and um, when I was when I was young when I was about 10 or 11 I, I, I was exposed to porn and um, if it's worse than what it was then I, I mean, it must it must be pretty bad I haven't seen it in a really long time but it didn't uh, back when I was 10 we didn't have the internet so I didn't even see it on the internet. I went to a friend's house and saw it. I mean, my mother, sorry, Ma, she had no idea. But, I mean, um, that's just kind of how it goes. You know, it, one, of my, one of my friends, she found her father's uh, tapes, porn tapes, and we watched them. And, um, you know, it, it's, just, it's just you can find it where, wherever you go. And now on the internet, it's so much more easily accessible. And did you know that adolescents whose brains are still developing can deform the pleasure centers of their brains by watching pornography. And they're also at greater risk for developing depression, anxiety, sexual promiscuity, insecurity about body images. And um, it truly is an addiction. Can I have the worship team come up please? It's an addiction. So what are we doing as parents? What are we doing as parents? where where are our kids spending their time what are they what are they doing when they're alone where are they going who are they talking with on the phone i mean i know this might sound a little bit like okay you're being a helicopter parent but we really need to be vigilant we need to be vigilant as parents we need to be watchful we need to keep spiritual um spiritual eyes over our children We need to be careful with what they're listening to, what they're seeing, what they're hearing, the music that they're listening to. I know this type of stuff may sound like legalism to you, but I'm telling you, the the time is short. Jesus is, he's gonna be coming back, you know? We have to be ready for him. You know, in the New Testament, and especially in the Gospels, over and over, many times Jesus told his people, he was saying, be watchful. Be watchful. Many times he was talking about the return of the Son of Man. Be watchful, okay. And in the and in the letters in the New Testament too, we see it. Be watchful. Be alert, okay. That's what God is asking us to do. To be on the ball, okay. Not to be not to be off in the world, just kind of just going with the flow and going with society. And 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 you need we need to be in tune spiritually. And to be doing that, we need to be in prayer and we need to be. in when you and I, when we struggle with our kids over things, when they want to go this way, and when they want to do this with their friends, they want, we're not really struggling with them. We're struggling with the spiritual forces that are trying to take them down. And we need to do less arguing with them and less fighting with our children and more fighting in the prayer closet. That's what we need to do. We need to say less to them and say more to our Heavenly Father we need to be on our knees because that's really what's gonna make the difference. You can talk all that you want to them and say everything that you want, but really what's gonna matter is what you're saying to the Heavenly Father. I wanna leave you with this verse, Colossians 4.2, because this ties in the two principles of prayer and vigilance together. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving can we all stand together? I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe everything is is going well in your family, and I'm I'm glad if that is the case. But of course, we we all can get to know. Perfect. But maybe some of you have some serious needs about your children that you would like us to pray with you about, or you would just like to come up front and just spend time with Jesus praying about. That's fine today. We'd like to give you the opportunity to, to receive prayer. We will have people here praying for you. But maybe some of you have never asked Jesus into your life. And, and you know, some of these ladies were just talking about how, how God is, is so loving loves you so much and you've never even experienced that love for yourself you can experience that love today we'd love to pray with you too if you would like to invite him in your life carrie's gonna gonna lead us in a worship chorus, but let's just pray let's just call upon the Lord this time Lord Jesus we just thank you we thank you God that we can come to you night or day Anytime, time, Lord Jesus, and you're always listening to us, God, and you never get tired of listening to us, you never get sick of us coming to you with the same things over and over again, Lord, but God, I just pray that, Lord, our prayers, what we offer up to you would be prayers of faith, they wouldn't be panic prayers, God, There would be prayers, Lord, that where we are believing, Lord, that you are going to do something in the situations, Lord God, that we are believing that you're going to work miracles, God, where miracles need to be done, I just pray for every person in this room, God, Lord, that you would meet the needs, God, that are represented, Jesus. And God, I pray that we would all draw closer to you. We thank you, God.
0: we heard these testimonies that we would have vigilance, we would have hope. God, we would leave a legacy for our children. God, we would pray fervent prayers. God, I pray each person in this room, Jesus, your presence would be with them today. God, I pray for each family as we're celebrating Mother's Day that we would raise up our children in your ways. God, we will raise up soldiers ready to go out into the communities to be great evangelists for your kingdom. God give our parents today your patience your presence your anointing God that our kids would be strong in you god I pray for each household your peace Jesus we need your peace more than ever before we need your anointing God we need your presence in our homes God I pray for each person that was touched by these testimonies God you would keep working in well today. God, thank you for putting them in our life today. Jesus, we pray one more time for your fire, for your anointing, for your presence to be in our life. In Jesus' name.